0: Alright guys, what's the story? Welcome to Martin's World and I'm your host, Martin Condon. Hey. <laughs> um, this is gonna be the first episode of the show and it's basically just gonna star me talking pretty much kind of about myself, giving you a bit of a background to, to me and to the show, you know, the the reason why I'm I'm making the show. And um yeah just uh, before I go any further the show is going to be sponsored by the Superfungi and you'll be able to buy the Superfungi products over at um uh, martinsworld.ie um that website should be live by the time this video goes out to later on today. Um so the Superfungi products um basically they're a blend of superfoods combined with uh superfunctional mushrooms. Um the first products we have available at the moment is a uh, cacao blend and uh that's available with either Reishi, Cordyceps, or Lion's Mane Mushrooms. Amazing products, you know, Lion's Mane, really good for the brain. Reishi, really good for the immune system, highly important right now. And we have Cordyceps also, really good for the cardiovascular and just oxygen utilization. It just makes um, uh, the, the use of oxygen in the body more efficient, basically. You know, it's really good for athletes um and to combine those you know um, they're just kind of a synergy that happens and uh yeah they're really good superfoods so um get over check them out martinsworld.ie go out to the store and you'll find the super fungi products there um so yeah let's get on with the show anyway so uh, i already introduced myself my name is martin martin condon and i'm 30 years of age um why am i making a show um <laughs> yeah so basically um I, i've I'm thirty, as as I said. I've I've a bit of a lived experience, and um, I, I've I've uh, I've been an activist and a campaigner for drug policy uh, changes in Ireland for for quite a while now. Um, going back to an early age, I, I was uh, criminalised when I was seventeen for possession of cannabis, and that kind of set me down the path to to kind of have these laws changed because I've seen first the harms that could be done by the law and not the substance. Um, so yeah, that that kind of really uh, brought me to where I am today, you know, all of that work I've done over the years. Um, so yeah, uh, I got kicked out of school when I was 16, went back to college when I was 21, you know, I I, I kind of worked all in between that and the recession came in. Once the recession came in, that's when I went back and done my Leaving Cert. Um, and I went from the Leaving Cert then to go at the CIT and... Uh, in CIT, I studied manufacturing GMP, Good Manufacturing Practices of pharmaceuticals and medical devices. Basically, all the regulatory, the ins and the outs of uh, making medical devices and pharmaceuticals. And when I finished that course, I went down and done a four-year course in herbal science. And uh, I chose her- herbal science just kind of the name drew me in, really. Like, but once I, I I looked at the content of the course, you know, it was really in line with what I wanted to. Uh, with the information I wanted to capture and arm myself with for, for the battle that they lay ahead. Um, and I knew there was a battle ahead. You know, here I am, 10 years later, still fighting that battle. Um, So, yeah, I basically put a lot of energy into learning everything I could about cannabis and um, how it interacts with our body, you know, the medicinal effects and all of the ill effects too. And um, that that was great, you know, it was much to the, distant, or to the dislike of... Um, my some of my lecturers who were kind of like, Oh Martin, is this really the best choice of project you could be going with and things like that? You know, they were always kind of there was there was a stigma there really, like, you know, and um, yeah that 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 by and large is a part of why like cannabis is still illegal. There there's a major stigma there. We've got people who know a lot about it, who 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 know a lot about, about the world in which it exists and so herbal science, you know, natural products um biochemicals biochemistry like uh her- herbalists you know herbalism all, all of those kind of fields and areas of work you know there's people there who 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 know how natural compounds work within the body but a lot of them don't want to touch cannabis and and when they do they just want to kind of just go with what the mainstream kind of stuff says is oh it's going to rot your brain and do you know all these unfounded claims really like um at least claims that were founded on, on a, a lot of debunked um science today you know so um yeah while I was in college I set up um the students for sensible drug policy and uh that also allowed me to to kind of put a lot of energy into to learning things around drug policy and uh harm reduction and you know, it was really good, and uh, just you know, the students of sensible drug policy. You know, we we didn't condone or condemn drug use. We just acknowledged that it happened, and we wanted to. Uh, we wanted to have policies in place that are sensible that don't put people at risk. You know, um, drugs are illegal, but drugs are available. They're available from scumbags, scumbags who mix them with some nasty shit that you don't want to be putting into your body. You know, um. And it's our drug laws, basically, that that kind of put people more at risk because of things like that. You have stuff like MDMA, um, relatively safe, if not misused, if used in the correct way. Um, And then we have scumbags out there who put PMMA into pills instead of MDMA. And that's quite bad. PMMA takes twice as long for you to feel the effects and it's also like two to three times more toxic than MDMA. So imagine that an MDMA pill, you take it, you should feel it after thirty to forty-five minutes, and um, PMMA an hour and a half to two hours before you feel anything. What happens is you you'll take PMMA, not feel anything, and you know, silly enough, students, young people, they'll take another pill thinking that maybe that was a weak pill or something along those lines and um, they'd die. You know, totally avoidable, totally avoidable. Um, if we didn't have our heads buried in the, stand, in the sand with these completely ignorant drug policies. Um, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of like what we were doing with Students with Sensible Drug Policy. We were hosting conversations, we getting in experts, um, we were getting out harm reduction information, we weren't condoning drug use, we were just condoning safer drug use, um, something that a government should really learn uh, to do, because uh, what they're doing at the moment is completely ignorant and it's hurting more people than, than it's uh, helping. So yeah, that, that's why our drug laws need to change and um, that's why I set up the Students with Sensible Drug Policy. Um, I'm out of college you now two years and um, I'm getting back into the campaigning side of things, uh, hence this these shows um you know uh, we we talk with Neil Prendival and the likes of him and stuff like that but um like the the amount of time I'm out speaking to you now is about the amount of time you might get with Neil Prendival and uh that's not very much time really to be kind of delving into topics that are quite complex like and that deserve a good bit of time because like these are topics that uh that these are topics basically like that, that when discussed, they can kind of lead to solutions that could save lives. Hence why we need to be having more serious and rational discussions about drugs and drug policy in our society. Because um, I think our drug policy is much more harmful at the moment than our dr- the drugs. So that's just my opinion. Um, you know, an open-minded to Um opinions not really cemented you know it, it it's quite strong it's quite firm there but um you know i'm open minded um you know I, I how these drugs should be in our society you know that's something i'm pretty much minded about um there's there's lots of different ways lots of different suggestions of um regulating the different drugs you know so cannabis is kind of one that's quite easily Regulated really like it's probably one of the first ones, but our government should just step in and really regulate it because it's the backbone to the um to the drugs industry out there, to the drugs trade. You know, the the criminals out there they, they make more money off cannabis, I'd say, than they do from the the other drugs. Really, like um just because of how popular the bloody stuff is, you can't turn on the TV nowadays without seeing some reference to cannabis in your TV shows and the movies and the music. You know, all of that stuff to. Cannabis, culture, it's its all around us. And um, yeah, it's about time we really change our drug laws. And take it out of the control of these criminals. Um, so yeah, what, what got me into my activism? When I was 17, I was out at the airport um, one evening, chilling with my girlfriend. And um, on the way back from there, we got pulled in by the guards um, to Bangardee. And um, they searched my car. I had everything. There was no real reason for to search my car. Um, There was nothing there that stood out other than, you know, the usual. Oh, he's a young person. His car isn't very high-end, you know. It was a Toyota Starlet. A great car, you know. Very reliable, but cheap. And... Um, yeah, that warranted for me to be stopped and searched, I suppose, by the guardie, Um, Pretty much profiling a young person um, and victimizing me. Um, I didn't deserve to be searched. You know, I, d- I hadn't done anything. Had tax and insurance, had my NCT, you know, all of that stuff. Everything, I was completely legit. But the guard just wanted to search my car. So they did. And it was my first time ever being stopped and searched by a garden. I tell you, I wasn't very nice, you know. They weren't very nice. They, they were quite rude. And I um, got out of the car, abided by what, what they asked me to do, to search my car. And um, they found my little piece of hash I had in the glove box. It wasn't even hidden. It was just in the glove box. Um... And I wasn't really—I wasn't smoking and driving either, you know. i had a hash in the car because I couldn't leave the hash at home because my mom would find it, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It was worse my mom finding it, or the guards finding it. I suppose the guards probably, um, because yeah. But um, yeah, basically they—they they found the hash, told me I was going to be summoned to the court, and uh, they went to it. They left me there side of the road. With my girlfriend quite distraught. And Um my whole car turned up upside down everything out of the glove box was still on the floor you know my my boot was after being emptied my just you know, the car was after being turned upside down really like and um it's not a nice feeling to have to put all that stuff back after them and it's horrible it really is horrible feeling you know and um it's even more horrible then is the feeling that that kind of follows it this this, this this long wait the um the worry, the anxiety, all of that that goes with um, waiting for a court date, um, it's horrible. And um, yeah, probably w- the worst part really was when the guards came and gave the summons to my house um, because of the way my mom and dad reacted, you know, um, it wasn't really nice, I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I felt like a bit of an outcast, unwanted, unloved, a um, bit of a problem, you know, a burden. Um, I was very vulnerable and I had nowhere to go I had nowhere, no one to talk to really as such you know um, because a lot of the time you're going to be judged for what you've done you know people are going to judge you for having cannabis and hash right, rather than and have a non-judgmental talk to you about things like can kind of really help you see what's up so I couldn't talk to anybody and um I got my court summons, kind of went through a lot of shit with my dad and stuff, and um, man, it wasn't nice, you know, a lot of problems brought about because of having a little bit of hash, like, you know, had hash been legal and regulated, you know, um, it would have been like drink, I got drink at a young age, but I never had a court summons when I was caught with drink by the guards, and I was caught with drink by the guards once, when they brought us home, you know. That, that was pretty much it. And uh, that's what should be happening with a hash and weed and any other drugs. Gareth should be bringing you home to your mum and dad. You shouldn't be giving you criminal bloody convictions, making you a criminal, entering in, you into the world of criminality where you could be stealing, robbing, you know, murdering, raping, all of the other crimes where there's a bloody victim, you know, wh- why are we entering people into this world so easily because of um, committing a non-victimist cr- crime, you know? um, Yeah, so I, I basically got my summons and uh, I ended up in front of a judge. And uh, that, that was a pleasure, to be honest, actually. Uh, all of the, the worry and everything, you know, all culminated to that day. I went in there and I faced the music and... Uh, The judge, he was actually cool. He was a really old-school judge. um, McGrawick or something, I think was his name, or something along those lines. Anyway, he's retired now, anyway. Really old guy. I think he retired a couple of months after I was in front of him. And
1: I was up for a little bit of
0: hash, probably about 20 euros worth or something like that. And uh, his reaction, I kind of loved it, to be fair. He, He was kind of annoyed by the guards for bring him in. He he basically believed what I, I just stated is that, like, well, what are you doing guards? You know, th- this why didn't you bring this young fellow home? He shouldn't be here in front of me. His mum and dad should be dealing with this, like um with this young fellow it's, it's it shouldn't be really a criminal it's it shouldn't be a criminal thing, you know? And uh I'd, I was seventeen when I was caught and I was eighteen in front of the judge. Um so I was in there without my mum and dad. I was tried as an adult, even though I was um committed a crime as a as a minor. And um yeah he threw out the case on anyway. you. I was allowed to go home and that that was great. I kinda I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's not too bad and things like that. And um got caught again and again and again and again. Must have been caught about ten or twelve times, you know. First time I went in, I uh I didn't get a solicitor. I spoke for myself. Um and uh it went well, you know, as I said, Judge threw it out. Second time I went in, um, I got a solicitor. It was Frank Buttermore. And the clown he was a clown, basically, like, you know, um he wouldn't allow me to say what I wanted to say as such. He just wanted to go up and say, Oh Judge, this guy is trying to get his life on and he's gonna give up drugs and da 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 you know, and rather than actually saying, you know, Judge, um This person is kind of a victim of the law and stuff like that, these laws so, you know, they don't really, they're not serving society as they're meant to, and we really should be removing them and things. But clearly, these guys who practice law, you know, judges and things, they don't actually want to talk about the laws and the morals behind them. And, and they're standing in our society. As one judge said to me when I, I tried to talk to him about it, uh, this is not the time or the place to be talking about the law. What you done was illegal, and that's all that I care about. Completely inhumane, you know. Kind of poured my heart out to the guy that day. Like, really, like, just put it out there. I was honest with him. Um, Much more forward than some of the other people coming up uh, before and after me, where, where they had victims of their crimes, and they were coming up, peddling their fake remorse. Oh, I'm sorry, judge, I won't do it again. Oh, I was drunk or something, you know, all of this crap. And the judge buying it. And then I come up in front of him as a as a cannabis consumer, and he looks down at me like I'm a piece of shit in his shoe. Speaks down at me like you know, um, I know I'm worthless, and uh, you you do kind of feel that way as well, like um, the way they speak and stuff. It's 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 not very nice at all. And uh, you know I I I kind of talk um, the emotions and stuff like that, and um, you know because there's a lot of energy, a lot of energy came into my through that like and and it's not the kind of energy that you want and it's uh it's very difficult energy to be dealing with um led me the thoughts of like suicidal ideations and things like that like um you know i jeez ah, it's not a nice thing to be thinking of you know where you're just like jeez you, you kind of want to die because of how these guys are making you feel and stuff like um and and how you're making other people feel around you, as I say. Like, my mom and dad weren't too happy about the fact that I was in trouble with the guards and things like that, you know. And um, all of that stuff makes you kind of feel pretty guilty, you know. But still, at the same time, I didn't believe what I was doing was wrong. <laughs> I didn't believe the law w- was, like... <laughs> I didn't believe, like, that all I was doing was wrong, basically. I, I couldn't see anybody being hurt by what i was doing you know directly as such obviously there was people getting hurt but they were getting hurt because of me being criminalized not because of me using cannabis so or hash or whatever you want to call it so i got you know, that that's just the way my mind works i don't know i uh i was bullied when i was younger and stuff like so maybe that's something to do with it um i never really stood up for myself when i was bullied and um I learned martial arts and things when I was kind of becoming a teenager and stuff, and I gained more confidence and I learned to stand up for myself. And lo and behold, the next bully I really encountered was the bloody government. <laughs> and I couldn't back down from that fight then, like, you know, um, I not want to back down from a fight. Um, so, yeah, just uh, super fun guy bulletproof coffee. Quite nice. So yeah, college, court, students on some drug policy, do you know, it's been a long road and um, done an awful lot over it, like, you know, I i go on all day about a lot of the stuff I do, um, hopefully over the, the coming weeks I'll have guests in, people I've worked with, people I've volunteered with that I can really go into detail about some of the stuff I, I'd love to be telling you about, you know. um. Rather be 20 minutes into a video here now. I don't I want this to be getting too long when it's just me here talking to you and stuff. Um I know there's gonna be shows coming up where I'm gonna be delving back into some of this um some of my past stories and, and things like that. Um So yeah, um anything else really I want to add now at the moment? You know yeah, and there's nothing else I can really think of off the top of my head. Um, I just had a little, tiny few bits and pieces, just kind of written down there, not really scripted at all. Just wanted to uh, just have a little f- few bits and pieces. I wanted to get out there important bits. Um, so guys, you know, um, I hope you can join me over the coming weeks as uh, I release shows. There's going to be video. There's going to be audio. We're going to cover a wide range of topics. Um, today, you know, I I pretty much talked about drugs and things like that and drug policy, and that's just because. <laughs> for the last couple of years that uh, that's kind of been a large part of my life just because you know when, when you have your freedom taken away and you're locked up uh, for five days in Cork prison and things like that like um it's not quite nice you know yeah I've been to prison Cork prison for five days um to, you know for simple cannabis possession and uh not showing up in court and all this stuff you know it's stuff I can kind of get into as well later on maybe in another show but and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun, I hope, I'm looking forward to it, I hope we can uh, build a nice audience, and uh, I hope this show can contribute towards uh, the changing of the drug policies in Ireland, and um, if, if you want to ta- be a part of the show, you know, if you're a person out there, uh, if you're an activist, if you're a campaigner, if you're a bloody rebel, Get in touch with me. You know. Um, I hope you're not camera shy. Um, I want you to sit down in front of a camera, talking to a mic, maybe an hour, two hours. You know, we'll we'll just go with the flow of the conversation. Um, conversations. I'm hoping to have them like completely non-scripted. Um, for guests, I, I might give you a couple of questions beforehand, um, maybe a couple of topics that I, I like. Delvinta Richie, but. Um, Uh, yeah other than that you know i just want um just to facilitate conversations with experts and, and people like that so thanks very much again for your time guys and um thanks for tuning in and i look forward to speaking to you again in the future good luck guys and uh thanks again for listening to the first episode of Martin's world